Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan with you for the next hour or so. I'm going to be looking at all the latest in tech, seeing what's up and answering any questions you may have. If you have any questions, you can send them in at any time during the week uh, by text message at 0871669800 or you can call 0696200 but probably the best way to do it is reception102 at gmail.com and you can mark that down for Tech Thursday or for Patrick Sheehan, and I will get that. And I'll be able to do a kind of a more detailed answer. Uh, so we're going to look at... Um, so we're going to be looking at some of the latest in tech. Uh, the CEO of Intel is saying too many computer chips are being made in Asia. Uh, Pat Gez- Gezlinger uh, says too many chips have been made in Asia. Uh, he's new. He's a new chief executive. He told the BBC that it is not palatable that so many computer chips are made in Asia. The majority of processors are currently manufactured in the region, with Taiwan, uh, Taiwan's TSMC and South Korea's Samsung the dominant players. U.S.-based uh, Intel plans to set up a new division to make chips uh, for other companies based on their own designs. Until now, its focus has been on manufacturing its own chips uh, in its factories across the world. So, in other words, they want to start making them for other companies as well. Uh, he said Intel will invest $20 billion in a new fabrication plant in the U.S. state of Arizona, in addition to a major expansion of an existing Irish facility in County Kildare. So, that's good news. Uh, having 80% of all supply in Asia simply isn't a, pa- a palatable manner for the world to have its view uh, of most critical technology. Uh, every smartphone, every telemedicine, every remote worker, every remote education, autonomous vehicle aspect of humanity is becoming more digital. So he thinks that uh, it should be more spread around kind of thing. Um, that kind of, I suppose, the chip is the is the key to the device, you know, that kind of way. So, so the next story we have is um, AI at work. Uh, staff hired and fired by algorithm. Surely that doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> the Trade Unions Congress has warned <coughs> about what it calls huge gaps in, uh, this is in the UK, uh, in their employment law over the use of artificial intelligence at work. The TUC said workers could be hired and fired by algorithm and new legal protections were needed. So is it being done or is it, uh, they're just worried it could be done? Uh, among the changes it's calling for a legal right to have uh, any high-risk decision reviewed by a human <laughs> reviewed by a human oh, I, t- I thought maybe decided by a human might be better uh, TUC General Secretary Francis O'Grady said the use of AI at work stood as a fork in the road AI at work could be used to improve productivity and working lives but it is already being used to make life-changing decisions about people at work like who gets hired and fired Without fair rules, the use of AI at work could lead to widespread discrimination and unfair treatment. Well, yeah, that could be weird decision making. Facebook removes accounts of China-based hackers targeting Uyghur Muslims. Uh, Facebook has removed a group of China-based hackers, it says, targeted members of the Uyghur uh, community living abroad. It said hackers use malicious websites and apps to infect devices and allow for remote surveillance with journalists and activists targeted. Uh, The majority of the cyber attacks didn't happen directly on Facebook, but used the social media platform to share links of infected sites. Uh, This is not the first time hackers have been accused of such activity. 
Uh, the oligarchs are originally from the northwestern region of uh, Xinjiang in China, and those targeted are currently living in places uh, including Turkey, the United States, uh, Australia, and Canada. Uh, Facebook says uh, the ways the group infected it was creating fake oligarch-themed apps for the Android App Store, including a prayer app and a dictionary app. Posting on Facebook as journalists, students, human rights advocates, or there's a lot of that going on, or members of the oligarch community building trust and tricking them into clicking on malicious links. Yeah, that was happening in America over the election and things like that as well. Uh, pretending to be activists and setting the left against the right and the right against the left. And they even set up like some meetings of groups, opposing groups right across the road from each other, hoping to start fights and all that. The the Chinese were at it, the Russians were at it, but they're all doing it to each other. They're as bad as each other. Anyway, uh, creating lookalike websites for popular oligarch and Turkish news websites. Uh, the Chinese embassy in Washington has yet to comment. Uh, so they've been shut down anyway. So uh, China denies allegations of abuse, saying camps in the region, uh, re-education facilities, that's always a dangerous word, uh, used to uh, combat terrorism. Uh, yeah, but I've you, seen the pictures of them in the jumpsuits all chained up and sitting on the ground and not, uh, not looking good. And some of the stories that come out of there is, is pretty bad. Uh, Tesla cars me bought in Bitcoin. Uh, Tesla customers can now buy their cars with Bitcoin, company chief Elon Musk has said. Uh, Mr. Musk, uh, a well-known Bitcoin enthusiast and Dogecoin, it's like a joke, Bitcoin or something, made the unexpected announcement in a tweet. But Bitcoin's value rapidly moves up and down, meaning the cryptocurrency price of the car could change a day-to-day basis. Uh, It has been slowly going up. Kind of consistent, it goes up and down, but uh, the price is steady upwards rather than going down to zero. Like uh, Tesla has invested heavily in digital currency, buying 1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, and that apparently vo- uh, is a vote of confidence uh, that saw Bitcoin's value shoot up to a record high. Uh, Wednesday's announcement also led to a modest bump in the price of Bitcoin. Mr. Mark Twe- uh, Musk. Mr. Musk tweeted Tesla would be running its own internal software to handle Bitcoin payments, which operates Bitcoin nodes directly. Uh, Nodes, in this sense, are the computers that process Bitcoin transactions. So you can pay in Bitcoin. So if you if you're one of those ones that has an old laptop with two or three Bitcoin on it, you can you can buy a Tesla out of it. Pretty nice. Uh, China's ten cent. Uh, Revenue surge thanks to gaming boom. Uh, China's tech giant Tencent has reported a 26% surge in quarterly sales, pushed higher by its online gaming business. Uh, Tencent's Honor of Kings remained a top-ranked game in China, while PUBG Mobile continued to do well overseas. Uh, Online gaming revenue surged 29% to $6 billion, uh, $4.4 billion sterling in the quarter of 2020, over the same quarter... um, uh, over the same quarter in 2019, so that's pretty good. The company fi- for them, uh, the company faces more scrutiny from China's regulators, who have recently taken a tougher approach to the country's tech giants. Tencent's overall revenue rose to 20.5 billion uh, in the last quarter of 2020, with up 5 billion over 5 billion profit. So that's pretty good for them. Uh, new Alan Turing uh, 50 pound note in England des- uh, design is revealed. Uh, so they're making an Alan Turing note. That's uh, great. He's uh, he's one of the main people who helped to end World War Two by 
breaking the the Nazi code uh, the, for sending messages to each other by inventing the computer. Pretty much, it was he was one of the the best geniuses ever. Um, the design of the Bank of England's new £50 note featured a computer pioneer and codebreaker, Alan Turing, uh, and it has been revealed the banknote will enter circulation on the 23rd of June, which would have been the, mathem- uh, the mathematician's birthday. It will be the last of the bank's collection to switch from paper to polymer, in keeping with Alan Turing's work, and set. And the set is most is the most secure yet. Uh, why is Alan Turing on the note? Uh, Alan Turing, the work of Alan Turing, who was educated in Sherbourne, Dorset, helped accelerate Allied efforts to read German naval messages encrypted with the Enigma machine. Uh, his work is said to have been a key to shortening World War II and saving lives. Less celebrated is the pivotal role he played in the development of early computers, first at the National Physical Laboratory and later at the University of Manchester. Yeah, he was an an absolutely amazing person and uh, who went through a tough life as well because he was a gay guy and and it was illegal that time to be gay and everything. And they tried to do uh, chemical treatments and everything. It was terrible what they did to him. And um, yeah, and he he, I think he died even prematurely because of it. Yeah, he died at age 41. Uh, Yeah, he was forced to take hormones as an alternative uh, to prison and he died at age 41 an inquest recorded his death as suicide oh, that's terrible terrible um, Dyson's latest cordless vacuum is a clean freaks uh, dream come true the new Dyson V15 detect vacuum shines a laser to reveal hidden dirt and dust as you clean that's pretty amazing I've actually been something I've been looking into recently because my brother was looking for a new vacuum cleaner one of the wireless ones and a friend of mine got one uh, one of the shark ones and yeah there's lots of different those um the more modern ones did you say the all-in-one unit where you don't have a hose connected to the, the one on the floor that you pull around after you the one that's it's all in hand are some of them are pretty cool now what they do to kind of maybe some of them the cheaper ones mightn't have as much suction as the old-fashioned big hoovers you know uh, but what they do to make up for it is they have those little built in brushes they have their own the, the head of the of the hoover itself has its own um, or vacuum cleaner hoover is a brand isn't it the head of the vacuum itself has uh, one or two brushes that that rotate so it really it pulls the dirt off of the ground and then has the suction on top of it and uh yeah, some of them are pretty amazing. Like they'd be stuck to the floor. Dep- depends on the brand, and so I'm still looking into them a bit myself because uh, it's something I'm looking at, uh, thinking of getting one myself. But which kind of one now? And they get very pricey as well. <laughs> You're talking. Some of them are like seven or eight hundred quid, and this is another one. Uh, seven hundred dollars. This Dyson V15. Uh, it just put a new spin on the latest flagship uh, stick vac. Announced today. Oh, so that's what they call stick vacs. I didn't know. Uh, announced today is a seven hundred Dyson V15. Detects um, detect comes with a, a typically steep price tag. Uh, for that price, you get what Dyson claims is the first for a cordless vacuum. Uh, also, they have it in corded ones. Uh, a laser emitter that illuminates d- dust particles on the floor. Now, most of them have the little LED light. Well, a lot of them, say the mid-range to higher-range ones, have the LED lights that shine in front of you as you're hoovering with those stick vacs, as they're now called. Um, but this has a laser that shows the dirt even better. Dyson claims this green light highlights grime 
directly in front of the V15's fluffy head cleaner. Uh, the company says it situated the laser at a precise angle that allows you to see otherwise hidden dirt in the, with, with the naked eye. Uh, once you run the vacuum over the particular area, particular area, the laser can help you to confirm whether you've left any dirt behind. Uh, so it just shows up the dirt a bit more precisely, so that's pretty good. But they're expensive. Yeah, some of them are very expensive. And some of the cheaper ones then mightn't be as good. Um, so, yeah, because like, okay, you can have all the brushes in the world, but if you don't have a good suction to take that dust away as well, it might be as good. And there was the battery ones, I was reading some reviews and stuff that, um, like the battery after a year or so of being recharged and stuff, the battery can die. Uh, depends on which one you get. So do some research and make sure the one you get is good. Um, I've I've kind of recently used a kind of a lower end one, like a good lower end one, we'll say. Um, uh, like uh, my, it was actually my brother was looking for one, uh, not too expensive, and he was going by the voltage uh, that you might get more power the higher the voltage. So he found a twenty five volt one um, for like ninety euro. I think it was like a Bush one or something, and it worked pretty okay until I tried a friend of mine which had a shark one now this wasn't a wireless one it was, was a wired one but it was the same format it was the the hoovers in your hand and the hose comes straight out from it and you have the powered head on the bottom so it was the same setup as the, the, the one I had tried but the shark one was a lot more powerful but it's 100 volts as well but probably has more voltage because it's plugged in rather than um, rather than battery because it might drain the battery too quickly so yeah, so you you still have the cord, but you have a lot more power. So it's but it's a more compact thing. So you don't have the whole. Um, you're not dragging the thing around with you. You're holding it in your hand, and it's not so heavy. Uh, so it's a more compact motor. Uh, so you still have a cable, but it's not as inconvenient as the old ones that had that also had a cable, and you were dragging it around after you. So it all depends on what you're looking for. If you have like an all. Um, if you don't have much carpet and stuff, if it's all just kind of basic enough bits of dirt on the ground and it's like a tile surface or wooden floor or something, you don't. You might need the most super powerful one and a wireless one might be handy. You can just hang it on the wall and, you know, uh, you, yeah, they are actually, uh, most of them have wall hanger things where you can hang them up and they'll charge and things like that. Anyway, yeah, I'll keep looking into Hoover, so I'm <laughs> doing a bit of research. There's actually so much variety nowadays. Like, before, it was just, like, get the high, you know, get, like, a 1,200 watt or something. But now I think there's a European rule or something that they have to stop at 900 watts, so they don't make them any more than that. Or That might be wrong. I might have misread that a few weeks ago. But, um... There's so much variety now. There's the stick facts. There's the ones that are like the ones from the 1960s. You know, the ones that stand up and they have the like the the mo the motor part is down at the bottom near the near the the floor, and the stick just sticks up and you hold that and you push it back and forth like the, the you'd see the ones from the 1960s in America. And then there's those stick facts with the where you hold the Hoover itself and you can plug it out and just use the short part. And then there's the traditional ones that, that roll on the ground. And as if there's bagged ones and there's bagless ones and yeah, there's dual motors and there's just lots of different, lots of different ones. Uh, so I must see. But it, like at the end of the day, you want one that's going to pick the dirt, the dirt up off the ground the best. <laughs> that's pretty much it for me. 
Um, LG OLED TV gets more affordable with A1 series starting at $1,300. So that's, yeah, that's like a couple of years ago, you wouldn't get an OLED for under like three or four thousand. So they're coming down now. Uh, the 2021 LG OLED lineup also includes the brighter G1 models and updated C1 series with an 83 inch size. Oh my, that would be a very expensive, I presume. Uh, OLED is the king of TVs. And LG is the king of OLED. Uh, the company offers more varieties of OLED screens than any other manufacturer, and its 2021 lineup is more diversified than ever. Uh, in bo- yeah, actually, lots of other TV brands use OLED uh, use um, LG screens as well. I think most like even if you buy like so, I think Samsung make their own. I think, uh, but like Sony and some others, I think a lot of them use LG uh, screens. I think I have a Toshiba. I think that's an LG panel in it. It's not OLED, but it's a, it's still an LG panel. They're like Samsung are like the king of of um, of screens for phones, and LG seem to be the king of screens for TVs. Uh, supplying other companies and things. Uh, even like an iPhone has a has a Samsung screen in it. Believe it or not, uh, there's a step up in, in G1 series called Evo that packs all new panel that's been re-engineered to improve light output. Uh, but the biggest news to mainstream shoppers is the launch of the new A1 series that's easier on the wallet, uh, if not exactly cheap. The new A1 series starts at 1300 for the 48 inch. That's not quite the lowest price we've seen for an OLED. Uh, Vizio's 55 inch uh, was is 1200. Do we have Vizio TVs here? This is an American is on CNET. Um, the model is twelve hundred, uh, but represents a new low for LG's initial pricing, and it's sure to fall later. So you might get it for around a grand during Black Friday or something like that. Uh, the A ones sixty five inch, so that's the size of TV I have at the moment. So that's twenty two hundred dollars, seventy seven inch, thirty two hundred. I suppose that's yeah. That'll probably come down, uh, and over here it might be around the same price, but it might come down as well. So, um, yeah, a, a nice TV is nice because, especially nowadays with, <laughs> with lockdowns and everything, we're u- we're using so much of them, and a lot of the places are doing free deliveries or cheap deliveries and stuff. So, if you were thinking to upgrade, there's a bit of value. I saw in one of the shops actually they're doing an eight. Now it's not OLED, but an eighty-two inch TV. If you Google it, uh, I think it's LG, 82-inch LG. One of the shops is doing it for like um, 13 or 1,200 12 or €1,300, which is very good f- price for the size. You know, uh, I only paid like 470 for my 65-inch, but that was a very good deal, um, Toshiba. But um, the, there's some, uh, yeah, there's a shop now doing it. If you want a gigantic TV, 82-inch TV, there's some one of them doing it for twelve or 1300 at the moment, an LG one. Uh, if you Google it, you'll see. Um, so the G1s, uh, but will, how will the quality be? The best high-end TV was LG CX series OLED TV. And in my side-by-side test, it beat the LCD model like Samsung and TCL's QLED TVs. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of imitation LEDs, although there is new ones now that they say is the closest you'll get to OLED. Is it the mini LED? Yeah, new mini powered mini LED powered LCDs like Samsung's uh, Neo QLED and LG's own QNED promise uh, to further widen the gap. Uh, uh, 
yeah, so they're the closest you'll get to OLEDs, but uh, OLEDs are seem, still seem to be the king. Uh, peak light output on the brightest LCDs is more than double that. of So OLEDs has a problem with brightness, but they're, they're saying that they're... Um, and the new QLEDs has better brightness, but uh, OLEDs are the clearest screens. But I, I always have the room pretty dark anyway when I'm watching TV, so... I don't think brightness would be. I've never had to turn up brightness on my TV. I don't think, like the the the, the darks being properly represented in the the turns off the LEDs, so you can really the color isn't all blurry from grey. And like when someone wa- runs across, say in a scene that's outside in the dark or something, it doesn't streak across and all that. Um, that's what you want and you don't need as much brightness when the when the the actual pixels are turned off for the dark scenes at night and things like that so um the yeah i think oled might not need to be i suppose if you're in a place where you have the screen in a very bright room uh it might need more uh more brightness all right but that wouldn't be my main issue anyway lg's least expensive uh, the main difference between the a1 and c1 okay so what's the difference between oh is lack of hdmi 2.1 a less impressive processor and fewer hdmi inputs uh three instead of four uh, the a1 series has um 60 hertz refresh rate instead of 120 hertz found in the c1 yeah, so hundred like the the Hertz has kind of become more popular now. The, the higher refresh rate, like PS fives and all those, can do the hundred and twenty Hertz. Is it ninety or hundred twenty? Hundred and twenty, yeah. And like that Spider Man game and things like that. So, if you want a future proof, I'd be. Yeah, of course, there could be a massive price difference, but uh, you you okay? You're a bit ahead of the game having an OLED TV, but. Um, having the 120 hertz would definitely that's this definitely they seem to be going that way it's not going to be a gimmick the higher refresh rate the hertz so i I would be advisable to get a higher refresh rate uh but uh if it's double the price and you know yeah that tv would probably be fine for the next four or five years or whatever you know it is still play away fine and it'd be grand like but um, if there wasn't a massive difference in pro- oh, C1, oh, there's no price in that now. I oh, know it's just showing some of the specs. Uh, the HDMI version is newer as well. I don't know what that means. Does it have more? Uh, does it do more more than the old HDMI? Um, the upgrade in HDMI. But anyway, uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the prices of OLEDs coming down, so that's always good. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong review exhausting but delivers everything you'd expect want to see a giant gorilla bash a prehistoric sea monster you've come to the right place <laughs> I suppose this is a good time to make that kind of movie because um, it's all CGI so like <laughs> you can do it during lockdown because everything is uh, everything is closed so they can they can just work away in the <laughs> making all the stuff uh, on computer um where is it actually? Oh, it's on HBO Max, so I don't know what that means. Uh, in us, it's opening in theaters in a variety of different places. So they're opening theaters. Uh, it's probably in America, maybe Florida and Texas and stuff like that. Uh, March twenty fifth in Australia, March twenty sixth in the UK. Uh, I presume that'll be here as well. But on where HBO Max? Do we have HBO Max? Oh, the the film is supposed to open in theaters in the countries that don't have HBO Max. But sure, we don't have any theaters at the moment, so. Okay, I don't know. It's a new film out. I don't know how you're going to watch it. <laughs> uh, Adobe IOTA review. Perfect security for small homes. 
IOTA is an all-in-one approach and its home kit compat- compatibility will win you over, but its pricing might give you pause. Um, homes come in all shapes and sizes and 2021 home security systems do too. If you're worried mostly about porch pirates, you can just install a video doorbell conveniently. If you want a secured house uh, complete with security cameras and motion sensors a professionally installed Monitor system might be your pace. Somewhere in the middle is uh, a Bode IOTA. Uh, did I say Adobe? It's a Bode IOTA. It's $330 system that comes with a central hub service, a door and or window sensor, a motion sensor and a key fob. Uh, the hub comes with a built-in camera, Zigbee and Z-Wave receivers and a siren. After you install IOTA, you can add dozens of sensors, cameras, and other devices to the system by purchasing them on an a la carte Abode's website. That's very confusing me because I'm mixing up with Adobe. Abode. IOTA's all-in-one approach to home security makes the most sense for apartment or small home dwellers. And its Apple HomeKit compatibility will likely excite Apple enthusiasts. Its pricing uh, will will... Uh, particularly if you hope to expand the system to cover more space and a slightly lackluster app tarnish an otherwise impressive system in short we won't be right it won't be right for everyone but it's still great to consider it says it has solid performance broad integrations uh it doesn't like the expensive devices and the clunky app uh yeah so that's it uh, best vlogging camera for 2021. So this is a lot of this is going on, especially now at the moment. People are at home, so they're making YouTube videos. They're making videos for Facebook. And a lot of the quality is pretty poor. They're using phones and things like that. So this is a way to step it up, uh, the quality. Uh, so let's see what they recommend here. The DJI OM4. Uh, best default YouTube rig. Oh, this is actually a f- for your phone to even make the even if you're using your phone, um, you can use a gimbal to make it more steady so it looks more professional. Um, you might have a big sensor, but some of the, the technology is pretty good nowadays. All right. Uh, so this is what it is. It's it's an electronic stability gimbal. You you clip your phone into it, and it move. You can actually use another device to move the gimbal around or it just keeps it steady or it has facial tracking where it can you can install an app and it connects to the gimbal and that can follow you around and it can um keep it steady as you're say if you're walking if you're interviewing somebody if you're talking yourself and you're moving around it can follow you around and just keep the whole thing stable and kind of professional looking uh, it has a little tripod built into the bottom of it and it's 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 three axis stabilization so you can use it outdoors if you're walking around and shooting yourself or shooting in front of you um you can um you can keep the whole video very stable so luckily people looking for a great vlogging camera don't always have to look far whether an iphone or android using a smartphone to shoot footage for video logs is probably the easiest video logging camera option yeah it's a great way to get started um so this dji om4 there's lots of different ones though i got a one that wasn't brand i actually got one for um for an action camera that was pretty good but i kind of don't use the action camera i got the action camera i got well, got great reviews and the quality the it does 4k and shoots very nice um footage outdoors and things like that but there's no plug i kind of made a mistake getting it uh there's no plug for an uh, external camera and 
it's um or an external microphone should i say sorry and uh it the sound quality is pretty poor on it now it has i came with all the accessories i can and it's not one of the cheap ones it was like uh, over 100 euro but it's um the quality of the picture is very good all right but i'd want to almost record the sound separately and add it in later or something um it came with all the accessories the tripods and the stuff so it, it, the but i got one of the stabilized um, gimbals for that and it works really well i was on holidays in lanzarote like uh, two years ago and it stabilized the video brilliantly it's like 4k 60 fps so uh let's see what else is in the list so this is actually an actual camera now the best pc webcam for deckside youtubers so this is a logitech stream cam whether you're looking to do a quick um, how-to from your computer, want to stream yourself while you game or anything in between, the simplest option for your vlog is a compact camera that doesn't need to move from your computer. Yes, we're speaking about the Noble webcam. True, you won't be able to move around too much, but it's pretty much a plug-and-play experience because you don't need an encoder. Uh, of course, with a lot more people working from home and relying on video conferencing, good webcams became difficult to find. Even mediocre ones are tough to come by. Our top pick for vlogging is the $125 Logitech Streamcam because of its, its purpose built for streaming uh, up to 1080p, 60 frames per second. And that's fine too. I noticed um, some people were talking to me about doing vlogging and they were like videoing in 4K because it all be the best quality and all. But most people just watch, are very happy to, to video away in, um, in 1080p. Uh, or to watch videos in 1080p on YouTube. So let's see, just to finish up now, what, uh, the GoPro Hero, GoPro Hero 9 uh, Black, uh, best camera for vlogging, uh, wet and wild YouTube videos. So if you're outdoor doing cycling, doing any action stuff, they say the GoPro Hero 9 is the best. Uh, Mevo Start, best vlogging camera for on-location YouTube live streaming. So this is looks like another webcam, but it's it's more uh, it's more for vlogging. Uh, lets you create a look of a multi-camera shoot with a single small camera. It lets you stream 1080p video live to every major platform inside uh, with the Mevo app uh, for up to six hours without an external power source. It can also simultaneously record high-quality 1080p video for to a micro SD card in the camera. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, it's three hundred and eighty quid, but it does a lot though. For if you're if you're actually making money out of it, that sounds like a pretty good uh, all rounder kind of thing. The Mevo Start, so that's pretty good. Oh, so yeah, I've seen this before now a few times. This is like if you want the highest kind of picture quality, it's the Sony ZV One. So this is like a a, a mirrorless camera uh, with a fold out screen, and it's a proper you know. Uh, a proper like it's not a full-size dslr size camera but it's a, it's the size of a mirrorless camera but it's kind of more focused on on uh, it'll take great photos i'm sure but it's more focused on being the ultimate vlogging camera kind of thing uh, sony turned its rx100 enthusiast compact into a better camera for vlogging with faster autofocus and a quick way to the uh, to defocus backgrounds it gives you a big image sensor and a bright lens uh, for better video quality even when you're working in low light. It has a flip-out LCD screen so you can see yourself when you're shooting. It has a hand grip and mics better suited for selfies. 
and it has a clean HDMI input too. So you don't have camera settings and uh, info in your video if you output to an external recorder, encoder or display. So it really makes it easier for you to vlog, but it's 750 quid. But uh, again, if you're doing it as a business, it's pretty cool. Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K. So this is kind of another step up from that again. Uh, but into the kind of more high professional level. Is this on oh no, This is a built-in. Is it a built-in lens or a removable lens? Oh, it's a pocket cinema camera. So this is like a cinema camera. Uh, it's a micro four thirds lens mount and a 6K model with uh, active EF lens mount. And so, oh, so this is a yeah an electronic lens that you can zoom in and out and things like that. Uh, uh, 4K version. So that's another level up. Again. That's 1295. Panasonic Lumix uh, DMC. So this is a mirrorless camera, which also makes a very good vlogging camera. That's 1200 quid. The Canon EOS 80D. So that's a full SLR camera. And uh, that also makes good vlogging camera. Yeah, if you have a good uh, uh, camera like that, it's good. You can plug in microphones, you know, a big professional camera. They also make good vlogging cameras. Only the likes of my one, I don't know if I can plug it in or not to the TV or to the computer to record. I can just record onto an SD card and transfer it that way, which is doable too. But I don't think you can use it as a webcam kind of. Um Oh, this is just a, a Lume Cube mi uh, panel mini. So you can get lots of different lights to mount on your camera. Just uh, Rode video mic. That's another thing. You can get lots of different microphones uh, for cameras. It's all ways to improve your vlogging. So that's pretty good. A Blue Yeti microphone. I've recommended them a good few times. Yeah, so that's another thing for better audio. If you're doing like a podcast or just want to record good audio on your video. Uh, Atmos Ninja V portable monitor and recorder. Uh, so this is a monitor to to watch your video. Monitors like Ninja V not only give you a better view uh, of what you're shooting, also seeing your framing when you're working solo, but also lets you continuously record to your um, to your built-in storage. The Ninja V, for example, has an internal one terabyte SSD, so you can record up to 150 minutes of 4K video. So um, along with monitoring and recording, it also supports playback. So this is a little screen that can plug into your system and let you monitor uh, what video and you're doing and stuff. But I suppose if you have the likes of that um, Sony, you can just flip the screen towards you and you can monitor it that way and have a big memory card in it because that's like 599 quid. But I suppose the more professional you go. Uh, there's Ultra Stream HDMI encoder, Magwell. Uh, so if you want to use a DSLR and plug it into it, uh, it, so you can use it as a kind of webcam or record off of it uh, live. We'll say it, that's three fifty. So there's lots of different. If you go to CNET, uh, there's lots of different um, Elgato. So they make the Stream Deck. It was why I got my brother for Christmas um, for a recording. And that's the last thing. The Stream Deck is if you're doing podcasts and stuff, you can uh, assign buttons to do different jobs and things like that. So. That's all the vlogging stuff, and that's all my show for today. I've been Patrick Sheehan. Thanks for listening. You can call anytime, 069 or you can text 87 That's for WhatsApp as well. Or you can email reception102 at gmail.com and leave any tech-related questions. I've been Patrick Sheehan. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. Peace.